Hello and welcome to the Locust and Honey podcast. We are two Reformed Southern Baptists who desire to speak the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. We are also proud members of the Bar Network, which stands for Biblical and Reformed. Today is episode 21. Join us as we discuss the death of death. If you would like to support our growing podcast, you can do so several ways. One, you can leave us a comment and share our podcast on your social media. Two, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Three, you can follow the link in our show notes to find all the other ways that you can support us and connect with us. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope, in this life only, we of all people are most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by one man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Well, hello and welcome back to the Locust and Honey podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Andrew. And today we are going to be talking about the death of death. That's a good title. It is a good title. Uh, I think I probably still, I think there's a book called that. I don't know. No. But the reason that we're talking about this today is because today is Friday. That's right. Good Friday. It is a good Friday. Good Friday. Is it better than most Fridays? It is better than most Fridays. Is it the best Friday? It is the best Friday. Huh. So that's what I want to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) It should be like every other Friday. (laughs) Why is this Friday called Good Friday? It's the the day that mm, a lot of Christians celebrate the death of Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Why do we celebrate that? That's what I want to talk about. Um, And then I also want to look at the resurrection. And then I want to look at Easter in general. All right. I want to get your thoughts on Easter in general. And how the church should interact with it. All right. Those thoughts will be given. We will give thoughts. Give thoughts and be given unto thoughts. But before we do that... Andrew, affirm and deny some stuff for me. All right. Well, I will start with my affirmation. Mm. And today... So you're feeling positive today, huh? Yeah. Good. I'm feeling pretty positive. Well, because it's Good Friday. It is Good Friday. Yeah, you're feeling good. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Affirm something. Well, today I am going to affirm... The weather. 
Not your new shoes? <laughs> and my new shoes. Okay. To be honest, I've had a, it, it's been a positive week, but I'm having a hard time coming up with stuff to affirm. I will affirm my new shoes, though. Okay. That might be more interesting that than the weather. That will be much more interesting than the weather. All although right. the weather is lovely. It is nice out. Um, I got, I just held my shoes up for, <laughs> for the world for to the see. For the world to see. So as you can Ooh. see, <laughs> I got some new shoes and they're called Brooks and they are shoes that are made for running, they but are. I bought them to walk in because they feel like I'm walking on a cloud. It's absolutely wonderful. Well, not just to walk in. You bought them to just wear. Yeah. Yeah. To wear. Because we run. We run, but I and don't. And you wear your old Nikes that the sole's falling off. Right. I don't want to run in these these shoes. Right. You don't want to mess up your running shoes. Right. Yeah. I want to be able to walk so in them walk for a long time. Right. As opposed to running them for uh, not as long a short time. time. I also bought some Brooks. Yeah. About a week before you got yours. And I run in them. Man. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking outside the box. You're getting you're getting a little scandalous there with them Brooks. You running, running with them, running in my running shoes. Yeah, I got the matching Brooks socks. The I got the Brooks because they gave a discount. Oh really? Yeah, so I just got them. Hmm. So when I run with my Brooks, I wear my Brooks socks. Wow, that's I extra. Had any blisters, Brooksy. They're super comfortable. I'm still in your affirmation. Go ahead. Well, that is my affirmation. I've affirmed my shoes. And they're wonderful. All right. So on a comfort level, one being hot coals and 10 being literal clouds. Okay. What would you give them? I'd give them probably an eight. An eight? Yeah. Okay. They're up there. They, they're probably one of the more comfortable shoes I've worn. Because when you walk, it's like a, it's like a mush. Have you ever taken your feet and put your feet flat on like a mattress and felt how good that feels. Like a memory foam mattress? Just any mattress. Like you're laying okay. in bed and you lay like in sit-up position, like you're about to do a sit-up, but you don't. And like your feet are flat on the mattress. I don't know. To me, that always feels great Whoa. to the bottom of my feet. Okay. And that's what it feels like walking in these shoes. Nice. I guarantee somebody has done that. Or will. will listen to this. Tonight. Or will. <laughs> yeah. And it will be, it'll be life-changing. Yeah. You'll want to do that all the time. But. I'm going to do it tonight and test me like. What are you doing? Are you doing sit-ups? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm I, just going to lay here like I this. I'm experiencing <laughs> foot joy right now. Yeah, that's right. All right. Wow. Well, that. That's is, something that I affirm. That is an affirmation <laughs> that we did. Yeah. Um. I like it. Yeah. But just going back to the Brooks, um, they're super comfortable, but there's also that stability. So, like, when I'm running, I don't feel like I'm running on, like, slosh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. So. What are you going to deny? Deny. Okay. So, this is something fairly new to me that I just kind of stumbled upon this morning but i'm going to deny the guild the guild the guild any guild specifically the guild that exists in big evangelicalism ooh the guild and basically what that is is it's this idea that if you are in a certain group within big evangelicalism it's not just you know 
evangelicals. I mean, this type of thing happens. In so can we call it Big of, Eva? We can call it Big Eva, yeah. Okay, that makes us cool. Yeah, that's what everyone else is saying. Yeah. That's Big why Eva. I wasn't calling it that. Oh. But... We so we're not we're not denying Big Eva. No. We're denying the guild. We're denying the guild. And, yeah. and and basically, if you're in the guild, then you're immune from if you know, you know. Right. Right. You're immune you're immune from uh from criticism and critique. And I think that as more people get inside of this guild, the worse it becomes in Big Eva and the more the decline. Well, and just hearing you talk about this, it reminds me of a episode or a blog that Doug Wilson did maybe a year ago. And what he was talking about was when people don't realize they're at war and then you see the enemy and act as though you are at war. And I don't remember the passage that um, was quoted from the Old Testament, but basically the people on the wall... They didn't see the enemy. One person does, starts ringing the alarm. And then um, what happens today is when you start ringing this alarm that there's the enemy, um, everybody looks at you like you're crazy. You know, they're like, hey, chill out, calm down. We just watched, uh, we had to watch it with filters, but we just watched Don't Look Up, me and Mm -hmm. Tiff did. And a lot of people have been knocking it because they make fun of, I don't know, right-wing people. Um, but really, I think they're making fun of everybody. I think it's a good, I think it's a good satire movie because it's making, it's it's pointing out the flaws in our culture at this time. But you've got these two um, scientists that discover this comet and it's going to impact Earth in six months. If you've not seen it, I'm not going to ruin It's mm. a good... Oh, no, should. yeah, I've seen commercials of but, it, yeah. But so... Leonardo DiCaprio. These two, yeah, these yeah. two people see that this comet's coming and everybody else fails to acknowledge it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they even have uh, the president ends up having the slogan, don't look up. They're trying to get us to look up. Don't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the point of it is the person when they were on the news, those two, they were on the news and the news people were interviewing them and they were like, there's this comet and it's going to hit Earth in six months. And they're like, whoa, that's harsh. Like, calm down. And then they move on to something else, and they're laughing about making jokes and all that stuff, you know, being morning talk show personalities. And then the girl freaks out. She's like, don't you understand that we're all going to die? And then everybody starts making memes about her and talks about how crazy she is, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I, I, I think that that's kind of where we're at within the church right now is you see certain people that are realizing if the church and by church, I mean, you know, the, the broad, this includes big Eva and all that stuff. Right. Uh, so I'm loosely using the word church, those that claim to be evangelical. Um, a lot of people that are reading the Bible are looking up and then seeing what's going on in culture and going, uh, nope, what you're saying is not biblical. Here's what the Bible says. And then, uh, when that happens, they're being attacked for being harsh or being critical or being uh, unwilling to love their neighbor or being uh, unwilling to uh, be accepting and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And 
that's so like your guild is this this group of people that are trying to protect themselves in numbers but really all they're doing is keeping themselves protected until the asteroid hits earth and kills everybody Mm -hmm. you know and so what we're trying to do is look at scripture and say here's what god's word says here's where we need to change and here's where uh we don't right. need to change. Well, and, and the, the real shame in that is that a lot of the the criticism that you'll hear from people whenever you do speak out against something is coming from from professing Christians. Like, it would make sense for a lost person to criticize you because they're going right. to be lost. They're not going to want to go back to Scripture because they are not at least claiming to you to to view scripture as their ultimate authority. Yeah. But there are people who who might claim that, but then don't want to hear anything about what the scripture actually has to say about something right. and don't even want to talk, like they don't want to sit and flesh it out. Well, you know? and I think there's a lot of self-professing Christians and, and maybe even some that are truly Christians that have been given biblical weapons, mm-hmm. but they don't have the courage to use them. And so they view themselves as sitting around the Thanksgiving table with their family and friends. And when you start using the weapons that God's given us, they view that as you pulling out your pistol in the middle of Thanksgiving and starting to shoot the ceiling. Right. You know, and they're like, whoa, that was completely uncalled for. Right. You know, but if they understand that we are in a spiritual war, we are in a battle. And when we see the enemy, we're going to use the weapon that Christ has given us, which is his word. We're going to use that as an offensive weapon. Uh, when people see you do that, it's just they're just as alarmed as you pull out your pistol and start shooting at Thanksgiving. Right. And they're like, well, this isn't the time or the place for that. This isn't the setting for that. This isn't, you know what I mean? Um, but then you go and you say, look, I just shot a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> here's the proof that he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, nah, that's uncalled for. You're overreacting, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what the guild is, is this circle of people sitting around the Thanksgiving table when we're actually in the middle of a war and we need to be on the battlefield fighting. Right. So Yeah. Well, right. well, what are your affirmations and denials? Yeah, so I am going to affirm a book. Okay. I like it. You should get it. You should read it. It's big, and it's a a bite, but it's called The Mission of God by Joseph Boot. Dr. Joe Boot lives in Canada, and uh, it's really good. Uh, So The Mission of God, his what it says is, it's a manifesto of hope for society. And really what he's teaching in there is a lot of what we're covering on our podcast. It is, um, it's the mission of God and from Genesis to Revelation and how the church is helping fulfill all that Christ came and started. Because if you look at the book of Luke, Luke Acts was one book, uh, but as, as you look at that, um, you see in Luke all that Christ began to do, and then he dies, and then you see the church as a fulfillment of completing all that Christ came to do. Um, the church is the body of Christ, and we are being the body of Christ. 
And so um, it's just, yeah, it's really good. Uh, I would encourage everybody to read it. Um, he's got a podcast, Joe does, called the Ezra Institute Podcast. Um, I think it's got a different topic, but uh, basically they deal with cultural issues um, and all of that as well. So if you want to check them out, I can link, I'll link the Ezra Institute's podcast in our show notes. But that book, The Mission of God, uh, I would recommend everybody get it and read it. It's a really good one. Um, one that uh, I, I would recommend for anybody, not just those aspiring to be leaders in the church, but really just anybody who professes to be a believer of Christ should read The Mission of God. And so I affirm that. Good stuff. I deny bad guys. Wow, I deny bad guys too. How about that? <laughs> so we had uh, last night in our humble town. In fact, right now, if you listen, you can hear a siren. Um, this is part of my denial. But uh, we had a guy that don't know exactly what happened, but about 40 minutes away from us, getting a big police chase on the interstate. It was going like 130 miles an hour. And in, so our town has four exits on the interstate. And at one of those exits, he bailed and ran. And so... Which one? <laughs> the one by the fairground. Oh, okay. So... That's not close to me. <laughs> but they've had... Uh, so last night, they had helicopters in the sky. Oh, wow. They had the... GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation, was down here. You had all of the local cities and then the, the sheriff's office that was here, and they were all looking for him. At 10 o'clock last night, they lost any kind of trail, so they called in the night, and now they've sent a thing out saying, hey, we ended our search at 10 o'clock. The guy's still out there. This is what he looks like. If you see him, call us. <laughs> so, Man. We'll affirm. We'll, Deny bad guys doing bad guy stuff. Yeah. That reminds me of the time my car got stolen. Mm. Car got stolen back in college over Thanksgiving break. Get back to school from Thanksgiving break. And my car was in a high-speed chase going 110 miles per hour through Port Wentworth, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Or South, or what is that? South, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, South Carolina. And uh, the guy bailed, and they caught one of them, and they didn't catch the other one. But yeah. I think that what happened was my car ran out of gas because mm. the gas gauge is broken. <laughs> so they thought they had more gas, and they bailed and let it cruise on into the ditch. So the car was fine. I ended up getting it back and yep. still drive it to this day. So your car's seen some things. It's seen some stuff. If I only knew what those headlights have seen. That's true. They tried to steal an ATM with it. Yeah, they tried to jerk it out of the ground. Yeah. They tied to they try to tie a chain to the hitch and mm. pull it on out, but it, it, it didn't work, I don't think. And nope. Anyway. Well, you got it back. So we yeah. deny bad guys doing we bad guys. We do guy deny stuff. bad guys doing bad guy stuff. <laughs> All right. So uh let's get into our topic today. I read from First Corinthians fifteen. And I'm going to highlight two verses, verses 14 and verse 17. Uh, verse 14 and verse 17. Verse 14 says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Verse 17 says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. So, 
two questions that I really want to talk about today. Why do we celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ? And then the second part, so, I mean, we can do those as two separate questions. But then the second part that I want to get to is how should that truth of the resurrection of Christ, that he died and that he rose again, how should that truth transform our lives? So today is Good Friday. Today is the day that a lot of churches celebrate Christ's death and resurrection. And so we're celebrating his death um, because he rose. But what is the significance of the death of Christ? Well, uh, the significance is that it is the final atonement for the sins of the world. Okay. So um, in the Old Testament, they had to make sacrifices. They had to... Um, yeah, they had to make sacrifices, make offerings and things like that to atone for their sin. Um, and they had to do that over and over and over again. And then Christ is the fulfillment of all of that. He was the fulfillment of the law and his death was the fulfillment of, like it was the final sacrifice yeah. that completely covered the sins of the world. Well, so if Jesus hadn't have come, would those sacrifices that they did in the Old Testament have been valid? If he hadn't, well, if he... If he never came and died on the cross. Never came and died on the cross. Would the Old Testament saints be saved from their sacrifices? Well, no. No. <laughs> yeah. So, as we get into this, um, it, initially when we talk about this, so why do we celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ and then how should that truth transform our lives? I think that these two questions come across to Christians as softball questions that mm. are just gently tossed up for a professing believer to knock out of the park. But the reality is that most of us, we may get the answer right, but the impact of that answer is lacking in our lives. And a lot of our podcast episodes have been kind of dealing with that. So a good question is, are we living our life currently as though Jesus did die and that he did raise again? Right. So looking at the death of Christ, if he hadn't have come, there would be no atonement of sin. Right. And you've got the Old Testament saints. So uh, Tiff and I were talking last night. She was asking, just talking about Abraham's bosom and um, all of that just asking questions and stuff and you know where was it and what's the difference between that and heaven and but the the old testament saints were in abraham's bosom they were um not in heaven but they were there which was kind of this holding place until christ died on mm -hmm. the cross and when he died, he went and got those believers and took them to be in the presence of God. But what they were doing was kind of this down payment for the the price that was going to be shed. So it's kind of like if you were a contractor and you get contracted this big job, multi-million dollar job, 
Um, back in the day, you could go to the car dealership and say, hey, here's my contract. I'm going to have a multi-million dollar job coming up. Can I get this Ferrari? Mm-hmm. And and as soon as I get the job, then I'll, I'll pay you. Um, it was kind of this here, I'm going to give you this down payment and I'm going to give you this, this deed showing that I'm, I've got this income coming. Um, but that's kind of what they were doing in the old Testament is they were sacrificing these animals, but the animals in and of themselves weren't pure and they weren't holy and they couldn't pay for sin. Mm -hmm. Christ is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And these animals were just a pointer looking to the Messiah that was going to come. And, so once Jesus came to earth, which is um, what people celebrate at Christmas, they celebrate the, the coming of Christ, and then he lived a perfect life. He was the new Adam. He was uh, sinless and guiltless, and he dies on the cross for our sins. Mm-hmm. That's what people are celebrating in Good Friday is is that right and um you know one of the things that i um talk about a lot in sunday school with the class that i have um is well we talked about a lot at christmas too but how the old testament points to the new testament it points to so like you celebrate advent before christmas usually Mm -hmm. and you know you look at the things that were pointing to christ and and um you know, you kind of prepare for Christmas with the same kind of spirit in mind that the Old Testament Israelites prepared for Christ's coming. Um, and one of the things that I talked about in uh, Sunday School this past week was looking at the similarities between the account of Jesus dying in Matthew 27 yeah. and Psalm 22, right? And there's there is a lot of pinpoint accuracies in there, but there's also broader kind of, um, you know, broader themes that match up and align. Right. Where Psalm 22, in a lot of ways, gives us a little bit more insight as to what the death of Christ meant, right? So, you know, Psalm 22, it starts out with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, that's, you know, those were, in Matthew Christ anyways, that was his last words on the cross. So then you go down to verse 16. It says, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. It's exactly what was happening when Jesus was on the cross. Right. His bones were being broken. He was having his clothes divided up amongst the Roman soldiers. They were casting lots over him and things like that. Um, And then it goes on to say, it says, You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him, and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. And then it says, From you comes my praise in the great congregation, my vows I will perform before those who fear him. And then in verse 26, it says, the afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him 
shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. In verse 27, it says, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. So at the cross, we have this final atonement for sin, but we also have the Lord taking back his dominion over all of the earth. So in Matthew 28, it says that, or Jesus says that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples and teach them all that I have commanded. And you see that in Psalm 22 as well. Right. After, you know, it talks about it in verse 16 through 18, kind of the more pinpoint accuracies of what was going on at the cross. Um, and it says, the afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. So at the cross, we see lots of stuff going on. And two of the things that I think sometimes get missed is the satisfaction that's being, that's taking place here. The satisfaction of the wrath of God. So the wrath of God is being satisfied, completely poured out right. on the cross, on Jesus. You also see this opening up of um, you see this kind of new, I guess, relationship that we have with Christ in that we can be satisfied in him, right? Yeah. Prior to the cross, there was no... So you see in Ezekiel 37, right? So he says that I will put my spirit within them and they will long to long for my law, basically. They will long to follow my precepts. Yeah. Before the cross, you didn't have that. And so you see this satisfaction of the wrath of God. You also see that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied because of the cross. And then because of the cross and what Christ did, it's that final death blow, right? Well, I mean, I guess him raising from the dead was a final death blow, but like the cross is that haymaker that crushes the head of the serpent where Jesus takes back all of the authority that Satan had on earth before it and he now it's all his and he rules over the nations he rules over everything and all of the nations will stream up god's mountain and will praise him and worship him at the end and so that's kind of i don't know psalm 22 is one of the places that i like to go to when yeah, thinking no, about the cross it's because it's one. got a lot in there you yeah know? and and ultimately why do we celebrate the death of jesus it was his purpose for coming right you know when we read john in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That happened because Christ was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So the Godhead made a plan of redemption before they created the world, and that was part of that plan being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. and, and so we celebrate Christ becoming flesh, but outside of the curse of Adam, and we celebrate him dying on the cross because that is the plan of redemption being played out. And, and that is our salvation. And so just like the Jews in Egypt, he covers our doorposts with the blood of the lamb. And the reason that that is so important to us is um, that's how we find justification. That's what Luther called the great exchange. Mm. He takes our sin, he takes our guilt, and he bears all of that on the cross and gives us his holiness and righteousness and purity. And um, so, which goes into the resurrection. Right. Why is the resurrection important? Why does it matter? 
Um, I think it's two things. One, it proves everything that he said was true. Right. Proves that he said that he is who he said he was. Um, but then also it's important because it proves that the sacrifice was a worthy sacrifice. Right. And like what you're saying, in the death of Christ, if he would have just died, then we would have been most pitied. That's what I just mm-hmm. read uh, in First Corinthians. Uh, because what he says in verse 14, if Christ had not been raised and our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain, and if he had not been raised, our faith is futile because our sins are still ours and they've not been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the resurrection of Christ proves that the sacrifice was worthy and that we are now those who have been baptized into Christ will raise with him too. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. The sacrifice was worthy and acceptable. And we also are going to be raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. We are immortal beings that will forever be in the presence of God because of the work that Christ did for those who have been covered by the blood of Christ. And so for me, what that really brings me to is... The second question, how should the truth that we've been talking about, how should it change our life? If Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and if he is the perfect sacrifice, and if he's the only source of our hope and faith, how does the fact that he was raised from the dead change our life? Should it change our life? Yeah. Should Christians look like the world? Should we look different? Well, no, because you've got a, you've got a. So then the question becomes, what is the call of Christ, right? So, um, I I believe that Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is a um, is a reflection of the actual call that people have when they come to Christ. Um, we are called to die with Christ. We are called to die so that we may be raised again yeah, with so that Christ. we may live. Right. So kind of like whoever, lo- yeah, like Jesus says, whoever loses his life will gain it. Um, and that's kind of what it, it's talking about is we, the call of Christ is a call to die to ourselves so yeah. that we can live in Christ. Right. And, and the way that Paul puts it is that we are, now made more than conquerors. Yeah. And so not only are we conquering sin, but Christ in us has defeated death in the grave as well. And he is the sovereign. Mm -hmm. He is the ruler of all things. And if that's true and we're his body, how are we impacting the culture around us? And so I guess the question to think on and that I think about on this is, Am I currently living the life of one who has been given the title more than a conqueror? And if we are the body of the resurrected Christ currently in this culture, how is that? How is Christ using me to impact the culture? Yeah. You know, Um, because this kind of draws back to the Easter question. Uh, a lot of churches in America today, we celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas. We celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ at Easter. But biblically, 
So we're big on, we've talked about, we need to worship God as he desires to be worshiped. Um, one of the things that I see, and, and one of the things that is more of a reformed tradition is there's not this celebration of holy days, but there's this understanding that the Lord's day, which is every Sunday, is when we need to be celebrating the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. And with the same vigor that some churches do on Easter Sunday. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we are called every Sunday to look at the cross and understand the weight of the cross. I challenged the youth this past Wednesday night to understand the resurrection of Christ and the celebration of that, we need to understand the weight that was placed at the death of Christ. Right. Because that weight was the full wrath of God, the cup of Christ or the cup of God, uh, the father's judgment being poured out on the son. Mm -hmm. And that's because of us. Um, there's an old song, um, maybe King's Kaleidoscope, but basically what it's saying is Peter denied you three times. I've denied you more. Judas sold you for 30 pieces of silver. I'd have done it for less. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the, the sins that Christ was atoning for on the cross wasn't just these people that we read about in the, old, in, in the Gospels, but it was my sin. Mm -hmm. My sins have nailed him to the cross. And if we sit with that weight, I think we need to because it's, un, it's an unbearable weight. Right. Um, we all not only deserve to go to hell, but we earned hell. All mm -hmm. of us. We've been found guilty. The wages of sin is death. Right. But the gift of God is eternal life. And it's eternal life because Christ has conquered sin. He's conquered death. He's conquered being defeated by death. Right. You know, he is eternal, and we will be made eternal as well. And so I, I think when we understand that, that's something that we need to be celebrating every Sunday, not just once a year. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and so I think it's important to bring that that point up is that we don't just need Easter to be about taking our kids Easter egg hunting and eating a big meal with family, but every single Sunday should be Easter Sunday mm -hmm. because every single Sunday he is resurrected. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and we are being the body of Christ in his kingdom because he's been made King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the sovereign over everything. He's the ruler of all. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, what you were saying or what scripture says there is, is a big thing where it says, you know, for the wages of sin is death. Um, but the gift of God is eternal life. Um, yeah. Our wages imply that something has been done to earn them. Right. And we, that that's we've done the work for oh, that. yeah we've earned death. we have well earned death like yeah. we have done above and beyond what was needed to earn death right one sin earns death yeah we have done we have done the job to its fullest you mm -hmm. know and that's our wage right but the free gift of god is eternal life you know we didn't do anything for that right we didn't you know it is by grace we've been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
So when we think about Easter, if we're sitting around thinking about Easter as the big Easter egg hunt that our kids can go and enjoy, I just feel like that doesn't really say a ton about how much we respect kind of what has happened well, it here. doesn't say anything about it. Right. Like we, it, it shows you know. that we don't understand it. Right. And so that's my whole point in this whole podcast is if we truly grasp the weight of what we're talking about at the cross, mm-hmm. well, if we truly grasp Christ dying and then him being raised from the dead, it's going to change our life. It's going to change the way that we think. It's going to change the way that we act. It's going to change all of that. Right. And, and so, um, it goes back to that. Are you living, speaking and loving as the body of Christ to this generation? Mm -hmm. Am I doing that? Are you doing that? Because if we grasp the cross, if we grasp the resurrection, then we are of all people most to be unpitied, right? (laughs) You know, um, we are found in Christ and we are now more than conquerors. Mm-hmm. Are we acting like that? Right. Because I don't think a lot of Christians these days are acting like more than conquerors, mm-hmm. um, which is why we have your denial, you know? Right. Um, but, but that's my point, And that's going back to my affirmation of the mission of God, a manifesto of hope for society, transform believers, transform culture. Mm-hmm. God has saved us for the purpose of being the body of Christ in the culture that he's put us in. He's put us here. He's put us now for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And that time is for every single person in the time that they're living. God has put us there um, and, and he saved us to be light and salt to those around us. And, the driving factor of that is Christ. It's the fact that he paid for our sin. He gave us his innocence and his purity and his holiness, and he sealed us with his spirit. And And he is now using us as his body to impact the culture around us. Um, well, and, and sometimes, you know, you think about, well, what does... Uh... What does it mean to act like we are more than conquerors? And I would say that it's got to start with, we need to return to the scriptures. You know, we have got to, we have got to have the word of the Lord be our ultimate standard. Yeah. And we got to be unapologetic about that. Whatever the Bible says about something, that's what it says. That's what we do. Well, and that's, I think that's part of building your foundation on the rock. Right and not on the shifting sands. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, we are called to build our foundation on the rock. Um, our foundation should be solely built on the word of God. And, and that is the filter for everything, not culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apart from that, um, our foundation is built on the rock and then we are impacting this culture with the gospel and we're bringing light and life into death and darkness Mm -hmm. because the culture desperately needs to hear the truth of the gospel. That's why we started recording this podcast is so that we can send light to wherever the Lord desires for it to go and people to hear. Right. You know? Um, So that's kind of my thoughts for today is 
on this Good Friday, every Lord's Day should be Easter. Um, and every week we should be living as though Christ is raised from the dead because he is. And he's calling us to the same. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to conclude a little bit of my thoughts as well with kind of the end of Psalm 22. So the very last verse, it says, well, the very last two verses says, posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. And that is where we're at, right? That is, so we think about the cross. We think about what Christ did for us on the cross. And we think about the fact that when Christ was raised from the grave, that meant that the cross was valid. So we've got this cross, Jesus on the cross, as the validated final atonement sealed for our sin. And it yeah, is the gift not of the God. cross, but Christ. Well, on Christ the on the cross. The yeah, that was done yeah. on the cross. Yeah, and and that is that's the free gift, and our wages that we've earned are death and hell. And I just think that if that is truly hitting home for us, then we're going to be doing like what's in the end of Psalm twenty-two here, where it says, "They shall come and proclaim His righteousness to a people yet unborn, that He has done it." Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And I think that's what our culture needs to hear Mm -hmm. is Christ has done it. Right. Government doesn't have the answers. Um, All of these things that we put our hope in. And a lot of people have no hope. That's Mm -hmm. why we have so many pills and we have so many things. Right. People don't have hope. They need to hear the truth of the gospel. They need to hear that there is this well that doesn't run dry. There is this fountain of living water. There is this bread of life because people are thirsting and starving for it. And if we will just be faithful to do what he's called us to do, he will use us to impact the culture with the truth of the gospel. Yeah. So, yeah. So here we are beating the same drum as we do every week. (laughs) But hopefully people will start rallying behind that. Right. Um, We need to be going and making disciples because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, and he's sending us out to do that. Right. Go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that I've commanded. Right. That's what we're trying to do. And my prayer is that you are trying to do the same. Yeah. And thanks to Christ and thanks to what he's done for us, this is a battle that's already been won. Yeah. We're not, we're not fighting this battle for the victory the victory has already been won we are telling those around us and those in our generation of the victory and he's using us to fulfill the victory hoping that they come along huh i said and hoping that hoping that they come along quietly as doug as doug said (laughs) so well if you're still here we love you guys have a good lord's day on this resurrection day Yep.